Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small, medium-sized nonprofits do more good. Two things for you today. Number one, if we aren't physically healthy, if we are mentally healthy, we're not going to help anybody do good in our community. Number two, we want to find individuals and business owners who identify with us as the same, like, I'm going to do good culture, I'm going to give back culture, and how do we do that as well? Those seemingly don't have anything to do with each other, except for the fact that I got Kyle Jones, who is the founder and COO of iCryo with us today as a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. We're going to talk about all of those things. Kyle, welcome to the show. It is great to be here, man. It is a bright and beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. We're actually stationed in Houston corporately, but I'm here in Dallas doing some work, and I love waking up the sunshine, man. Uh, that sounds very good since we are in North Dakota. It snowed again last night and it's going to, well, it's going to be like 50 degrees today, but we got winter's coming. It's terrible. I'm going to live vicariously through vitamin D through you today. Uh, but this is going to be a really interesting topic because I think I, I, I'm very curious to uh, sort of explore what iCryo does, but I want to associate it with like the super importance of, and especially in the winter time, especially holiday seasons, especially kind of stress at the end of the year, cannot uh, emphasize enough that our nonprofit friends need to take health and wellness definitely seriously. Other you're going to get burned out. Uh, we're going to start there and then move on to really how do we identify and how do we match up culturally to businesses who want to make the world a better place. But before we get into that, listen, we're, you're scrolling through iTunes. You stumbled on us on YouTube. You like the idea of what we're talking about, but you have no idea who Kyle is. So at a 5,000 foot view, who are you? What do you do? What's iCryo and why are we chatting today? Most definitely, most definitely. I love telling the short story of iCryo. I could sit here for, for hours and talk about it, to be honest. But uh, for me, health and wellness has always been just a part of my lifestyle. Growing up as a multi-sport athlete, I uh, went and played college ball for, for a little while. Um, powerlifting champion two times in a row. Um, bodybuilding pro professional um, went in and dug into more health and wellness and recovery, which led me into physical therapy. I was working on my doctorate at the time when I found cryotherapy, and um, I became a little bit more in tune with really just overall wellness. So not a specific category in health and wellness, but just overall, you know, uh, preventative methods, preventative mindsets, um, being proactive, not reactive. And um, it really, it, I stumbled across cryotherapy early on. It was one of the first uh, first individuals in the States to really uh, understand what it is. Um, we ended up, uh, started iCryo in 2015. Um, we were one of the first to actually franchise this model in 2017. And uh, my mindset behind it was give people uh, modalities and services that they can use from a holistic standpoint to better their lifestyle. So 
it wasn't a, a two week diet. It wasn't a four month plan. I was truly trying to preach lifestyle to people, right? Create a lifestyle change, create a lifestyle of, of, of true wealth and not wealth in a monetary side, but wealth in, in you, right? To, to make yourself the best you could possibly be. I, I always tell people, I say, hey, don't, don't be selfish in, in the term of thinking you want to be better for you. Be selfish in the mindset of thinking you want to be better so you can be the best version for other people. Um, that, that's kind of always been my mantra in life is I need to focus on Kyle uh, internally and externally, not to just be good for me, but to be the best version of myself for other people. Um, and and that's, that's the only way you can truly help other people. So I love uh, when we can team up with nonprofits and give back uh, to, to communities, other countries, uh, people that really need support. Um, I love when I can team up with younger individuals and help mentor them through life and, and, and get them to understand the, the totality of what life really should be. You shouldn't be existing. You should be living. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They just exist day to day. They don't live day to day. And uh, so it's it's nice. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about, it, I'm sure, later on the podcast. But um, we've teamed up with a nonprofit organization who I think meets the exact mindset that I just spoke about. And I think it's it's crucial to understand, and you mentioned it a minute ago, the cultural values uh, of what entities and what people, right, what the founders, what the creators um, had going into starting that movement. Beautifully set up, and we're going to start with kind of what we what we kind of um, uh, began with, which is healthier lifestyles. We're coming up on the end of the year, which means January is going to roll around and we're all going to be like, okay, time not to be fat again. I'm just going to go and start working out. You do that for two weeks and then you realize that it's just a pain in the rear end and you stop doing it because it's not effective and, or you didn't lose the 20 pounds that you gained over the last year and a half. So you give up and you just, you just go. That sucks. And I think in the nonprofit world, especially is that um, this whole lifestyle of thinking of ourselves first is so unbelievably uh, unique because it's the antithesis of what we do. We serve others. Therefore, anything I do selfishly to improve myself is not serving others. How in the hell do we get out of that mindset? First of all, just, just from a mindset opportunity is that we got to take care of ourselves before we take care of everybody else. Help us with that. Because I know that yeah. everybody's listening here has that, look, I, I feel better when I help your, help others. Well, great. But if you feel like garbage, you can't help anybody else. Walk me exactly. through this. Get me out of this, exactly. life. Get me out of this mindset. I go through it all the time. So, you know, I, I have my me time. I, I, I set aside an hour at the beginning of my day for me. I put my phone aside. I put my computers, iPads, I put it all away. If I know that I have to start my day at eight o'clock, then I actually start my day at seven o'clock. I do it an hour earlier. And that's time for me to spend with my maker. That's time for me to spend. Uh, just collecting my thoughts, um, building my internal structure, if you will, um, to powerhouse through the day. And, you know, I do take my vacations. I take my personal days. I spend time with friends. I spend time with family. And sometimes that can be viewed as, hey, you know, you're spending time with all these other people. Why aren't you helping me? Right. People can look at that and say, well, you're spending too much free time. Well, to be honest, you have to understand everybody's dedicated a certain amount of time to make sure that they're recharging their mind, body and spirit. Right. Period. And you have to respect that. So I think the first thing that I would tell people is, number one, are you extending that same uh, mindset to other people? So are you badgering other people 
about the time that they're not giving out to you or, or others, right? So check yourself first, right? Make sure you're not one of those individuals. Secondly, you can't let the negativity in the world and you can't let other people dictate your life and how you live it, right? You, you kind of have to have a little bit of thick skin going through life. We know life can break you down. Um, and, and we all understand that we, we, the negativity will definitely flourish a lot if you let it. Um, but for me, I try to just kill people kindless. I try to love them as much as possible. Um, and that's the, at the end of the day, everything will come to fruition, right? If you're doing the right things, if you have the right intentions, if you have the right mindset, yes, people can be flustered for a certain period of time, but at the end of the day, you are going to show them that you love them. You are going to show them that you're there for them. Um, and sometimes that takes time, right? Healing, um, bringing things uh, out in a positive way that doesn't happen overnight, right? Sometimes these are lifelong projects that you're doing to, to, to get people out of addiction or to help somebody through a spiritual crisis or whatever that may be. That does not happen overnight, right? We're, re we're, we're literally reshaping um, somebody's mindset. We're, we're, we're working on something that is a lifestyle commitment. So I always try to remind people, don't get flustered if if somebody doesn't see it day one or somebody doesn't see your actions over a week or a month, um, as long as you know that you have the right intentions and the right mindset to help people at the end of the day, if that's your goal, don't let anything else distract you. And I, I think that's the number one thing I take away is manage your distractions. It's funny that in the nonprofit realm, we know inherently that um, it takes a long time to develop really good relationships with donors. And yet we don't give ourselves enough grace to understand that it takes us a long time to switch a habit. It takes us a long time to like do better for ourselves. And we don't give us the, we don't give us as much time as we give others to, um, to accomplish whatever goal that we've got. That's kind of a weird mindset to be. And I love what you said about sort of either your existing, your living kind of thing. And I think that's where a, a lot of the burnout comes. Are you just meandering through the day because you just got to get through it? Or are you enjoying what you're doing because you feel good about it in the first place? And I think a lot of that does, it comes back to, are you giving yourself enough grace? Are you, like That's where it starts too. It's like, if, you know, if you can forgive yourself for like ditching out on a meeting because that's not really good for your own mental wellness, you need to have a cup of coffee or you need to go take a nap. Good, good on you. At least you realize it in the first place. But I think we can't not, like ourselves because we made the choice internally. Agreed. Agreed. You can't, you can't be hard on yourselves. And that's, that's where I think a, a big part of self-growth is, is people need to understand that you can't give yourself to everybody in the world, right? Um, it, it is impossible to do. You will stretch yourself so thin that you're going to be stressed. You're going to be irritable. And it's ultimately at the end of the day, if you stretch yourself too thin, it's going to start to negatively affect the people that you're trying to help. So, you know, it comes full circle. It's, it's you either got to prep yourself internally to help others, or if you just exhaust yourself day after day after day trying to help people, ultimately, you're going to get frustrated. Uh, you're going you're gonna to catch a temper. You're going to start to negatively affect the people that you're trying to help. So at the end of the day, I think it is just that. It's, it's you know, manage distractions, understand that you have to spend your me time in order to help others. And that could, that could, you know, frustrate other people and they, they want your time. They want to saturate all of who you are and all that you, who you can give, but you just have to understand at the end of the day, you know, to help others, you definitely have to help yourself first. And really, when you think about it, if you say that I need time to myself 
And those that you're associating with, or maybe a donor or a board member or whatever, gets mad at the fact that you've taken your own time. Do you really want to be associated with that particular person, organization, or group, or even donor at the same time? They're going to get mad at you because you've got to take time out to sort of be with your kids because you haven't seen them in a while, or be with your family because you haven't seen them in a while. And that is something that you had to go, hey, I got to take a time out, whatever. And they get furious at you? Really? That's... That's yep. some good stuff you need to, that's, that's self, uh, that's uh, self-classifying as things that you can eliminate from your life to make it a world a better place. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a natural way to weed out people that are negative for your life, you know? And um, if, if people can't understand that you need to spend quality time to yourself and you spend quality time with your family, your kids, your spouse, whatever it may be, if they can't understand that, and I 100% agree with you, Patrick. Maybe that's some some a person that is going to negatively affect what you're trying to do from day to day. How much does your physical well feeling uh, affect your professional uh, accomplishments? As I feel oh, like a ton, a ton. Because I, I don't think we place enough of that. And again, I I realize I'm I'm newer to the to the sort of uh, health and wellness thing because I just decided I, I got to get off my rear end and started doing it. But now the more that I regularly schedule myself out to either you know be on a treadmill or or lift a weight or whatever, I know that I feel better, and then it makes me a little more laser focused. But we put it aside because we're like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. How big of a deal is it though? It's huge. It's huge. I'm so glad you addressed that. Um, it, it's interesting when you feel good and you look good. So, you, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're just like, man, you know, you look at the mirror and you're like, I've knocked out this, that, and the other, I feel great. And you're like, I, I feel vibrant, right? When you, when you feel vibrant, you operate on a very different level mentally, your focus, your clarity, your assertiveness, um, the, the energy that you bring into a room. And I'm very big on energy. So there was actually, uh, gosh, it was a several years ago, there was a study done where you somebody can actually sense somebody's energy from over 20 feet away. And so I always encourage my staff, the people that I mentor, my friends and family, that even though you may not be saying something, or even though you may not be giving a, a, a rude face or a rude look, your energy projects so far. So when you walk into a room, do you want that room to sense, oh man, I got, you know, I got to be around this person, or this is, this person's got some good vibes coming, or do you want to be that type of person that people kind of walk away from and say, Hey, they, they just, they're just not giving me a, a, a positive feeling here because it's a real thing. Energy is a real thing. So I always tell people, and that correlates directly to, to one of the reasons why I started, I cry and why I preach our services. All of our services are geared towards feeling better and looking better. If you feel good and you look good personally, you just naturally operate differently throughout the day. And, and that, and, and listen, there's a little bit of swagger that comes with asking people for a lot of money. You know, this is somebody who's, you know, who's looking for investors and, and, and people to buy franchises and stuff. You know, you understand this as an entrepreneur. And I don't think the nonprofit world thinks of themselves as entrepreneurs as much as they should, because you're out there selling a dream, an idea, uh, an impact, whatever. There is a confidence that you need to have walking into somebody who has the capacity to give you a five, six, seven figure gift that you have to have because they're not going to give money to a timid, I'm not really sure of myself sort of attitude, right? It could be the best business plan in the world, but if you don't come off confident, then that's a really, um, you, you've lost your opportunity to make uh, you know sort of a really grand statement. 
And that all starts with how do you feel walking in? And there, there's always a reason that you do the old sales technique where you're going to talk to yourself or you give yourself a pep talk in the mirror, right? And you're looking for how does this look to how I'm presenting or pitching in the in the space. So why wouldn't you want to concentrate or lead up to that particular ask by putting yourself into a mental or physical position to make yourself feel great so that you, everything that you say and the passion you have and the enthusiasm behind it matches that, right? You want it to match. You don't want to have this cattywampus. And you mentioned it too, this um, complimentary, you know, holistic sort of approach to health and wellness. That's what it's, ba- it, that's the balance. You got to be mentally clear so that your enthusiasm can match. Am I wrong? That's right. And I, I love, uh, I love what you just said about having the confidence. It, it, it goes so far. Um, your posture, your terminology, the tone of your voice, the mm-hmm. facial expressions that you make. It's, if you're confident in all those metrics when you're speaking to somebody, it comes off so much cleaner. It comes off so much more reciprocated by the other party. Um, it naturally becomes an inviting conversation. I don't, I don't know of a public speaker that has real impact on stage that doesn't perform all of those qualities you just talked about. And it really stems off of just total confidence in what you're doing. And you're 100% right. Our franchise model could be anywhere from, you know, 700000 to a $900,000 investment total. Um, you better believe that me and my team have to, number one, be confident in ourselves. We have to be confident in our systems. And we have to be confident in what we're delivering to the franchisee is 100% of what they're buying into. Um, or they'll never buy into that from day one. And the same thing, if you're a nonprofit asking for, whether it's a five-figure, six-figure, seven-figure investments, um, you have to have confidence in who you are as a person. You have to have confidence in what you're delivering, right? What, what platform are you, are you giving this information off of and what organization are you representing? So there has to be confidence on all those levels for that person to look at you as a trusted advisor, right? For that person to say, hey, look, yes, I'm, I'm sending you a $500,000 check. I have all the confidence that you are going to guide this money where it needs to go. You know, it's funny that I think a lot of nonprofits don't feel comfortable being confident because it comes off as this arrogance of like, I know better and whatever, right? And I think that's a mental block that I think a lot of nonprofits need to get. But here's where I think you, you, t- you touched on something too, is that if you force it, if you don't naturally feel great about what you're about to say and you force it, it comes off arrogant and it just comes off weird. Whereas if you are naturally feel good about what you're about to say, there's an authenticity to that proposal or that ask or that conversation. So whether you're, if you're forcing it because you don't feel good, you don't feel like you're, you're mentally in the right place. You don't feel physically okay. Or, or I don't feel like I am up to the task. You're going to say things and do things to counter how you feel or how you're, you know, sort of mentally clear. That comes off as this, I know better than you sort of arrogant feel. (laughs) Whereas if you are confident in your um, feeling good about where you are mentally, where you feel good about how I'm going to sell the hell out of this, not because I can, but because I know of the impact, there is this authenticity, this natural authenticity that people are attracted to you. The same sort of energy that you got in the room when you walk in your feel good is the same way that you're going to walk into an office or a, or a boardroom and now pitch an idea because you feel better. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You, you, you nailed it right on the head there when you talked about um, just your authenticity and your belief. And there's, 
there's something that I truly believe there are, there, there are things in life that correlate to others. And for it to come off natural, for it to come off and, and you believe in something 100%, your level of belief is directly com- uh, connected to your level of commitment, which is directly connected to your authenticity of what you're talking about. So belief goes down, your commitment goes down, your commitment and your belief go down, your authenticity of what you're speaking about goes down. So for me, you have to believe first. Your belief has to be at an all-time high, which will naturally bring your commitment to an all-time high, which will actually, which will, at the end of the day, the end result will resonate is true authenticity about what you're talking about. Um, for me, I think that's huge. Belief is number one. If you can't believe in yourself and if you can't believe in what you're you're standing for, what you're preaching about, the commitment and the authenticity behind it is is naturally just going to fall with it. It's it's interesting when I would uh, when I'll ask clients this out of the gate when we kind of have an initial meeting. I said, if I got a thousand dollars, why on earth should I give it to you? You wouldn't believe the amount of hesitation about like, well, oh, I mean, you, I mean, because we do good things. They go, great. That's that's not a compelling argument. <laughs> very few people are so confident enough to go. I'll tell you why. Because they either rehearsed it or they feel good about what they're doing. Um, they're usually coming from a, uh, a place of not abundance, but it's this scarcity. Oh, my God, I've never been offered this kind of thing before. Or I don't know what to say to not offend them. And you're not worried about you're not you're, you come from a, a mentally clear place. You're now talking authentically about impact. And I think that's just remarkable. I want to touch on your association and you're kind of talking about uh, this at the beginning, which is, you know, sort of um, working with um, a mission of hope as far as an organization sort of partnering up with other organizations to make the world a little better place. How on earth did you get that? Because I, and as a method to my questioning, because I want people to feel as if they can read others on if they are a good match to figure out if this is a good place that they can go and ask for partnerships or whatever. So how did you mentally get to a place where you thought I, you know, our company needs to give back and what was that transition? Yeah. So I actually was, um, I go to a, a local church in Lake city, Texas, where, uh, where I was raised, where I was born, um, still live in the area. I've, I've been there my entire life. And um, for me, church has been something to where it's a place for me to center myself. It's a place for me to um, to speak to my maker and have more quality time around the people that I do life with. And um, in going through uh, the, this lifestyle of, of, of being a Christian man and a follower of Jesus and um, really digging in with people that, that preach the same core values in life, um, I became friends with a guy named Corey. Uh, Corey and I have uh, been friends for quite some time, and um, he does a lot of work. Uh, he, he's been a great uh, entrepreneurial figure for me in life. He's a little bit older than I am. Um, we, we're kind of the same person, though. It's, it's pretty wild. He, he says all the time, I feel like I'm talking to myself 10 years younger. Uh, we, we do a lot of the things the same in life, and <clears throat> he's helped mentor me a little bit in, in business and um, in my spiritual connection and, re- and, and in relationships and He's been uh, he's been very successful as a business owner and through his uh, tenure of business, he's been able to give back. And I think that's one thing that that I strive for is not to just be successful to be successful, but be successful to be significant. Um, put, pour into other people and make your stamp in the world, be, make a significant impact in a, in a way that you couldn't before. Right. And so he's, you know, gained enough monetary um 
uh, success in his life where he's been able to give back. And one of the organizations that he partnered up with was the Mission of Hope. Um, when he got to a certain uh, monetary level in his life, he he gathered with the Mission of Hope. He locked arms with them and he decided to do work for them outside of everything else he was doing in life. And I saw that from a distance. I saw him connect with Mission of Hope. I started to ask a little bit of questions here, there. And you know, he would, he, he never really pushed it on me. He never badgered me about anything. He, he never uh, did anything that made me uncomfortable as far as, you know, asking me for a ton of money. Um, he let that relationship build organically. And I, that's what I really loved about uh, Mission of Hope and Corey and the rest of the executive team is they don't hammer things down on people. It's an organic build of a relationship. It, it, they want you to be comfortable with the organization. They want you to be comfortable with the time you dedicate or the money that you dedicate or the supplies and services that you dedicate. And that's really what attracted me from the beginning is they weren't badgering me about things. They let that relationship build organically. And um, so after time, I, I actually asked Corey, I said, hey, look, man, I see you're doing work. I see you're doing amazing things in other countries. Haiti being one of the, the biggest establishments for them um, and efforts for them in, in the country of Haiti. They have a great mission set up out there, building schools, um, building uh, medical facilities, uh, building sports complexes. They actually teamed up with Carson Wentz um, from the Indianapolis Colts. He's got a, a, a foundation called the AO1 Foundation. And so they actually just built a massive basketball court and a couple soccer fields out in Haiti um, on the Mission of Hope grounds. And I thought it was incredible. I got to see it in person. Um, so, and that's kind of how it all spiraled into to me being involved personally, uh, me having iCryo being involved from a, from a bigger level, right? We have bigger plans uh, to them. Um, we started out first and I told Corey, number one, I need to meet the founders. I need to meet the executive team. If we don't see eye to eye on core values, I don't want to be involved. Uh, so they have their corporate offices in Austin, Texas. I drove out there. I met with the team. Um, I got to meet them in person, press the flesh and understand their vision. And it really opened my eyes. And I said, guys, I'm ready to take the next step. And they said, OK, what do you think the next step is? I said, I need to go to Haiti. <laughs> and, and they said, really? And I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely not one to just sit here and talk about wanting to be involved. I want to be involved. So, yes, let's take a trip to Haiti. Um, they call it a vision trip. So they go out there and they cash the vision of what Mission of Hope is actually on the ground floor. Um, so I took a trip out to Haiti. Uh, that was the next checkbox for me, meeting the kids, uh, meeting the community, uh, seeing everything that they're doing there from education. It was just amazing. Um, right after that, I got back and I said, OK, perfect. Now the next checkbox for me is let's start an, an initiative. Let's start an awareness campaign. And so we actually ran a campaign in September, um, which it's it, it, uh, unbeknownst to us, uh, we didn't know what campaign we were going to run, but there was a massive natural disaster that hit Haiti and decimated um, thousands of people, right? And so we actually, they needed medical supplies. They really didn't need money at the time. Uh, they needed medical supplies to help with this. And so us having medical ties with our vendors, we do IV infusions, we do vitamin shots, we have a ton of connections. I said, look, let's create awareness and let's bring supplies at the same time. So we actually marketed a campaign in September. It was a buy one IV at all of our locations across the country and we'll match you and we'll donate an IV for Haiti. So it was creating awareness around what happened in Haiti, which was huge, right? We need people to understand what happened there first off. And secondly, we were putting our money where our mouth is. We're saying, Hey, guests that comes in and buys an IV, we're going to donate one. We raised over a thousand IV bags 
um, that we're shipping over to Haiti. So I thought it was huge to, to really catapult and take our, our relationship to a neck to another level just month after month. So uh, for me, the next checkbox is getting my team out there. Um, I know we're, we're organizing a trip to get a lot of the corporate team out there and, and do some work in person, provide some sweat equity. So it's been great. It's been, it's been huge. And I think it's been a win-win for both sides. A couple of things. Number one, um, kudos to the AO1 uh, Carson Wentz reference. You know, living in Fargo, North Dakota, we got a little hometown hero action out of uh, NDSU. So kudos on that one. I like that. <laughs> Well, he's come back. He's like, what they this whole uh, this whole town's won so many championships in your neck of the woods as far as the FBS goes. So we're like we're like practically neighbors as far as uh, schools go. Uh, number two, I hope everybody listening uh, really caught on to the story on how you got involved because it is absolutely critical that you pay attention and go listen back to the last seven minutes of conversation that Kyle just said because he just went through a donor journey that you need to hang on your board on why people get involved in organizations and how they authentically build deep relationships. If you listen back, right, there's a couple of key moments. They never pressed me for money. They let it happen organically. They told great stories. It led to Kyle asking the question, hey, I see what you're doing. How can I help? I have an idea. I would like to do this. Self-selecting him and his business for what he wanted to do and then having the systems in place to let that happen and occur. I love what you said also too, and I'm going to steal this. Sorry, uh, you're going to have to apologize to you. I'm stealing a vision trip or a vision meeting because If you take anything away from this podcast, it is that brilliant nugget of you need to get with those who have identified uh, themselves as supporters of your organization and bring them to your building, your uh, place of employment, your uh, impact center, your food bank, whatever it is, and you have yourself a vision meeting, a vision trip, whatever that is to lay the groundwork for what they have in store or what you have in store and how people can help. Don't ask them for anything out of the gate, but how they can help. Because people like Kyle out of that meeting are going to go home and go, I'm now inspired to do this. And then you let them go. And now, and, and, and truth be told, Kyle, I could probably assume this. You're probably hooked for life Outside of some sort of tragedy within within the organization, you're hooked because you have built this rapport with the founder and someone who's a big cheerleader as well, who's then supporting you in the way that you're helping them. This is, folks, this is a textbook on how you build better relationships with people who have the capacity to help your organization. Kyle, thank you. That was that was brilliant. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. For me, it's, it's all about long lasting, genuine relationships. And we talk about legacy income. We never talk about legacy relationships. I mean, I want to build a relationship that my kids can be friends with my friends' kids and, and keep on building that tenure and, and building these organizations uh, for life and for the, for the next generations to come. So legacy income, legacy relationships. I mean, all, all of that is huge. Legacy relationships is another buzzword I'm stealing from you because I'm just going to, I'll give you credit. Note this podcast as credit given to Kyle Jones to make sure that I am stealing all of his lines. But 
Legacy relationships is something interesting too. How do you get to be generational donors? Typically that happens, what, in universities or colleges, or I think even churches to an extent. But outside of that, how do you get the kids or children of children of generational wealth to stay around and help facilitate things that you've built? Get them involved and have them, their kids, or have a pathway forward that you're more concerned about Kyle's well-being as a person, as a business owner, and as a community builder than you are about the necessary paychecks that he's giving you every single time. Like, if you worry more about this checkbook, then you do the relationship. You're going to burn it, and they're going to find someplace else to go. Where you're investing time, energy, and effort, and passion is into building that long lasting relationship, which is what you need to do to have your organization and your nonprofit thrive for the future. And by the way, if you want to come full circle in order to do that, you need to feel mentally fit and be mentally well enough to have the initial conversation in the first place. This podcast made sense today. (laughs) It's hitting home. Hidden home, my friend. Um, first of all, thank you uh, for what you do uh, for not only the international community, but the community in general. I think it's really wonderful. Uh, number two, how do how does an organization, and I'll, maybe I'll ask you this, and I'm not asking people to approach you for, for cash, but how do you deal with or how do you manage people who are interested in um, having you join either a board or, or donate, et cetera? How do you navigate or what questions do you ask as a potential supporter um, of organizations that say, hey, we've got this project? What, what are you looking for to build a relationship with potential partners, donors, or organizations? Yeah, so for me, and I was literally just talking about this with a couple of people yesterday, um, people don't invest in organizations, they invest in the people that run the organization. Um, people invest in people. And so I try to understand who's who's steering the ship, who's the captain or who's who's the captains, right? Is there a founder? Is there, you know, a group of investors that started this project and they hired an executive team? I mean, who who are the people that started the initiative of this organization or the, the party that I'm teaming up with? Right. I want to know them as people first. Um, if I don't respect you as a person, I don't want anything to do with what you're doing in, in the in the field of business. Right. So for me, I, I always ask personal questions first, um, not questions like, you know, do you have a daughter? Do you have a son or how old are they or whatever, but really understand who the person is, core values. I mean, that that's huge for me. Um, so the first thing that I do, the first checkbox is understand the people first. Secondly, after that, I want to understand the mission, right? The mission of their, what, what is, what was their vision going into this opportunity what are they trying to get out of this? What is their mission? What, what is their ultimate goal of what they're doing, right? That's the second big checkbox for me. So the people, the vision and the mission, and then what do we have to do to get there, right? So you have this vehicle. What do you need to pack in this vehicle to achieve these goals, right? That's the third and final checkbox for me is I need to understand, okay, perfect. Number one, you're a person that I believe internally, your soul is great, your intentions are great. Number two, um, I understand that the vision mission is exactly what I want to support. And lastly, how do I contribute? What do we need to put on this truck, on this vehicle to get where we need to go? Um, and so that way I can allocate whether it's dollars or people or my personal sweat equity, 
um, supply, whatever it is, what do you need at this point for me to help you achieve your goal? Uh, that is such a wonderful piece of insight is because, listen, if you have somebody who is crank tankerous going out there with a, you know, the uh, dark cloud and rain over there, they're just doing, you know, they're going through the motions, but they don't really much care about it. That's going to not be attractive to donors who I think want to help, but they're not interested in helping an organization that doesn't seem to be interested in what they're doing. The other thing too is what on earth do you do? Be very clear with it and not complicated. I can't imagine you listening to a 48 minute pitch, not really being clear about what it is, that elevator pitch of like, we want to do this. Great. And then, and this is the critical piece. And this is why um, it's so unbelievably important to know if somebody has that, if I give you a thousand dollars, what are you going to do with it? Bit answer in the back pocket is because you need to answer the question, how do we help? How do we make this happen? And you're, you need to make sure that you know that. That's unbelievably important because now you've put all the pieces together and people like Kyle, who outnumber others in the community that you're trying to solicit, are going to ask those questions. And then having those at the ready, you're more prepared than other organizations. You know it. And now you can passionately speak about it. And that's going to go back to, do I believe this person? Do I understand that this person has my best values at heart? Do they understand that they're going to try to make the world a better place? And your passion about how you help goes in circles back, I'm guessing, to who the individual is. And then you have this wonderful, again, legacy relationship building exercise in perpetuity. I love it. Yes, sir. Yeah. I just, this... um, Again, I knew this was going to be a good interview, but I didn't know that this was going to go with all the bells and whistles on the gate. Fan freaking tastic. Okay. I we we're probably going to touch base again cuz I want to keep in touch with you cuz you're just awesome. Uh but unfortunately, we're up against the time for the old podcast. However, I want to make sure that if people want to get a hold of you, they want to know more about iCryo, they want to know about more of of kind of what you do and how you help, whatever. How on earth do people get a hold of you, Kyle? Yeah, so we actually have a big social media presence. We're all over the place online. Uh, We do a ton of work that I try to keep people aware of. So I always tell people, go to the website, go to Facebook, go to Instagram, uh, www.icryo.com. That's I-C-R-Y-O.com. Feel free to submit a request for information if you'd like some more information about about myself, about the brand, about the franchise opportunity, about our initiatives, whatever it may be that that involves iCryo and myself. Um, Facebook, Instagram, once again, it's at iCryo. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. And um, we love to, to bring people into what we're doing, whether it's with, uh, with another company that we're doing business with, or it's the actual business that we have to offer. Uh, we, we just like for people to be involved and to be aware of there's, there's more to do in life than just to, like I said, exist day to day. The people that are involved with iCryo, I would tell you they're, they're living their lives. I love it, my friend. Uh, We'll put all that information in the show notes. As always, I suggest all of you who are listening, go check out iCryo. Go say hi to Kyle and go friend him everywhere. Uh, uh, That's been just an absolute blast having you on the show. Thank you very much, my friend. And thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good, Better podcast. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to 
dogooduniversity.com. That's dogooduniversity.com. And you register for one of the courses. I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, A Practical Guide to Staying Sane While Doing Good for Free. Because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast, take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today. <laughs>